The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security Systems. Visit simplysafe.com forward slash Costa to save $100 on your system. That's simplysafe.com forward slash Costa. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome new listeners joining us on radio affiliates across the country, now in all 50 states, and also extend a special welcome to our men and women in uniform who join us over the Internet each week. Thank you for your many emails and letters and for making us part of your Newsweek, especially those of you joining us from far away from home. Uh, In just a moment, close confidant to President Trump, who is set to give testimony on what he knows about the administration's contacts with Russia and the hacking of the DNC emails. Mr. Roger Stone will be joining us. Many listeners will recall that as the probe into into, uh, Russiagate was just beginning, I said that you'd have to look very long and hard to find a leader in Washington who has not met with a Russian representative, a lobbyist, a business person, or other influencers. Meeting with Russians is not a crime. I know it's been elevated to that in the the media, but it is not a crime, and neither is seeking and obtaining information about a political opponent. If it were, then we'd have to throw everybody in Congress in jail. So, So long as it doesn't involve things like breaking and entering or illegal wiretapping and so on, uh, you know, it's perfectly legitimate to try to learn what you can about your opponent's campaign. So when this particular Russian investigation began, I was confused about what crime had been actually committed. As you know, the law is a very technical instrument, and to this day, I still don't understand exactly what uh, what laws investigators believe have been broken. So hopefully Mr. Stone can help us clear that up today. But before he joins the program, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Roger Jason Stone Jr. was born in Norwalk, Connecticut, and raised in Lewisboro, New York. While he was studying at George Washington University, he went to work for Richard Nixon's Committee to Re-Elect the President. And this set Stone on the course to serve as a campaign strategist to three Republican presidents, including Reagan and Trump. In addition to controversial campaign tactics, Stone is known for having a knack for knowing what is going to happen next in Washington. He is often weeks ahead of the media. In fact, uh, Stone's tweets often border on prescient. And this has led to questions about how and when Stone knew about the famous Podesta email leak. 
during the 2016 presidential election, something that we'll learn more about later in today's program. I also want to add that Mr. Stone is the author of five best-selling books, including his recent blockbuster titled The Making of the President 2016, How Donald Trump Orchestrated a Revolution, and he is also the host of the popular The Stone Cold Truth Show. It's my pleasure to welcome to the program political strategist and confidant to President Trump, Mr. Roger Stone. Uh, I understand that we had a little bit of a delay in getting a hold of Mr. Stone, are we? Do we have him on the line, Bill? It'll be just a moment. Not yet. Okay, we're on standby. So, Charles... Yes, ma'am. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're you're on standby here with me. Yes, I'm sitting by. Uh, yeah, you're sitting by as we try to get a hold of Stone. You know, I, one of the things I want to ask him, of course, when we do uh, get him, <clears throat> is um, we've had so much turnover in the White House. And, uh, you know, we've had General Kelly, who accepted the role of Chief of Staff, Scaramucci mm-hmm. and Spicer are out. Jeff Sessions is hanging by a thread. Priebus out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Senate just confirmed that Christopher Ray is Comey's replacement to head up the FBI. And, you know, there's just a lot of movement right now. What do you make of that? Well, what I'm hoping is that we'll see a, a dramatic change. Uh, this White House has been so chaotic. And the the personnel changes and the way they've happened. It's not just the, the fact that they've happened. It's the manner in which they've been conducted. Uh, a couple of days ago, Scaramouche was giving a profanity-laced interview in which he was lambasting Rance Priebus, of all people. Um, now they're both gone. I'm hoping that this new chief of staff will impose discipline. And I, I see reason to, to hope he will because it's always been my view that Rance Priebus Good guy, but not in the right position. As chairman of the RNC, he did such a great job that Trump gave him the chief of staff job. I think he put a square peg in a round hole. That job requires somebody who is really going to take charge and clamp down. And it strikes me that a Marine general might be a very good fit. I I think you're right about that. In fact, I've been giving this a lot of thought. And... I've been looking at the culture, you know, the business culture, which Donald Trump comes out of, mm-hmm. the government culture, and the military culture. And and follow me here and see if you agree. I think that the business culture and the military culture are very performance-based. You get evaluated on whether you took that hill, you won that battle, right? Mm-hmm. You, you cut the budget, uh, you hired and trained X number of soldiers. It's all measurable, tangible, and performance-based. Business is like that, too. But government is not performance-based. You don't have to perform at all, and there's really no penalty other than you may not get reelected to office many years down the road. Um, and, and so there's something about the hierarchy in business, right, where if the CEO says something has to be done, the board of directors said something has to be done, it trickles down and everybody snaps to order in the same way the military does, whereas governance is less hierarchical. And so I think from a cultural standpoint, the business culture that Donald Trump comes out of and the military culture probably overlap more and have more in common than business, the business culture and government. Well, that brings to mind a couple of things. First of all, I, I think back to uh, when uh, Harry um, uh, was being succeeded by Ike. And, of course, Ike was a general. And Harry said, Ike's, I, he's, he's going to hate it here. You know, he's used to giving orders and having people snap, too. And that's not the way it works. 
Well, in eight years, Dwight Eisenhower proved a very effective and and successful president. So obviously he was able to make that adjustment in spite of the fact that he had a military background. Uh, in today's administration, the the person who's going to make it happen or not make it happen is Mr. Trump himself. A few moments ago, I said, I hope that General Kelly would bring the discipline and control to the office of chief, chief of staff that is necessary for a successful administration. The one person who will either enable or not enable him to do that is the president himself. And incidentally, the president himself will have to come under that control. But he has certainly given him uh, a lot of leeway. Uh, you know, Kelly has basically said even the Trump children have to go through him, that everyone goes through the chief of staff to go to the president. This is a very encouraging sign. This is this is what I would hope to see. And if we see more of this and if uh, if General Kelly continues to move in this direction, Mr. Trump continues to support him in that uh, good things will happen. I believe. But here's my question. Why didn't Priebus or, or one of you know someone else step into that role? Why didn't they say, look, well, you've got to let me take charge? Or do you think this is this is a situation where Trump himself is changing? He's he's changing how he sees how he wants the administration to run. I would answer those questions. Yes. And yes. Um Mr. Priebus, as I pointed out earlier, I don't think was really an ideal match for the chief of staff job. Uh, the chairman of the RNC and the chief of staff of the president are two very different jobs with very different uh, 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 skill sets necessary to perform them. Priebus did magnificently well as national chairman in a tremendously difficult atmosphere. He had these 16 Republicans, including one very unusual candidate, Mr. Trump, um, and had the job of, of being a, an honest broker between them. He did it so well that you remember when Chris Van Hollen, the Democrat from Maryland, said, gee, I wish Pre Priebus was our chairman. Yes. That was mm -hmm. the ultimate compliment. So, um, you know, Priebus was superb at that. Trump makes him chief of staff. But again, I think. But, uh, but let's think about what what are the skill sets you want as a chairman of a political party versus what are the skill sets you want as a chief of staff? I don't think they're the same. I agree with you. Okay, I think he was, then, a, he was a bad appointment. Okay, then you're 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 essentially making making my point and saying, you, Charles, I think you've you've got that one right. All right. Well, listen, we got to take a short break, but uh, we're still trying to get Roger Stone on the phone, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get him sometime this hour. We'll take our break, but stay where you are. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Costa Report. If you haven't put in your order for the follow-on book to The Watchman's Rattle yet, Wait no more. Amazon is accepting orders for On the Verge right now. Be part of the groundswell that's sending On the Verge to the top of the bestseller list. Our goal is to distribute 25,000 copies before the official release date. By placing your order for On the Verge right now, you'll help us beat that number. One more time, that's On the Verge. On sale at Amazon right now. I owed the IRS $10,000. The IRS garnished my wages. They put a lien on my house. The IRS is the most powerful collection agency in the world. They do not give up until you pay. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions Now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions Now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions Now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. Tax Solutions Now can get you help. Our agents know 
know the rules, can stop the pain, and get you the best deal. We connect you with a team of former IRS agents and tax professionals who will get the IRS off your back. We saved our home and overcame the most powerful collection agency in the world. Call Tax Solutions now. Time is running out. Call 800-987-0577. Hi, I'm Joan London with A Place for Mom. Over the years, we've helped thousands of families find senior care, and today's senior living communities have never been better. With amazing amenities like movie theaters, exercise rooms and swimming pools, even pet care services. And nobody understands your options like the advisors at A Place for Mom. Best of all, it's a free service. To get our free ebook on financing senior care, as well as a free referral for senior living communities in your area, call 1-800-806-8572. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. I start laundry at 8. At 10, we go for a walk. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I am done with my mattress. That's right. I'm not spending another night on this old bag. My new mattress comes today, and this thing is out of here. Bye-bye, mattress. Yep, bye-bye, mattress. So says you and about a thousand other people every day. And that's a lot of old mattresses with no place to go. There's the landfill, of course, where they just take up space. But what a waste. Because you could send it to a mattress recycler, where old mattresses get broken down into steel, foam, wood, and fiber that become new steel, carpet padding, home insulation, garden mulch, biomass fuel, locomotive oil filters, and all kinds of other great stuff. So Bye Bye Mattress is right. But don't toss it. Recycle it. It's easy. And it's free. To find a mattress recycler in your area, visit buybuymattress.com. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today has been a political consultant to three Republican presidents and is a longtime confidant to Donald Trump, Mr. Roger Stone. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Stone. Hello, yes. Hello, thank you for joining us. Uh, very strange. The audio was going there for a moment. It's those uh, electronic yeah. gremlins. Well, it was probably, in my case, the NSA, but go ahead. (laughs) That may very well be true. You know, before we dive into the NSA and Russian investigation, uh, let me offer you the opportunity to address the recent turnover in the president's cabinet and staff. What do you make of this? Well, I have some real concerns, in all honesty. Uh, 
I uh, I understood the chaos that existed under Reince Priebus, uh, and I think it is um, was harmful that the president, unfortunately, seems to have hired a substantial number of establishment Republicans who have really not served him well. The place leaked like a sieve, uh, and uh, you really didn't have a an effective communications team. Uh, I think it was chaotic. Now, however, I think there's the potential that General Kelly and the generals, uh, General Mattis, General McMaster, now kind of in control, uh, are seeking to cut off all communications and input to the president to isolate him, as it were. Uh, so he only gets their version of what's going on. Now, I would remind you that all three generals wanted to send 150,000 troops to Syria after the surgical bombing, and the surgical bombing they proposed was much larger and broader than what the president scaled it down to. The president refused to send the troops. But uh, I, I fear here that we have, in many ways, what could be like a soft coup in the sense that uh, sources tell me that not only do the uh, generals McMaster uh, and uh Kelly decided that neither one of them will be, or they will not ever both be out of town at the same time. But I'm told that the three generals, including Mattis, have given the order that if the president issues a military order, it has to be approved, uh, they have to be notified and approved all three of them. That's the usurpation of civilian control of government. That's Donald Trump's authority. He's not some incontinent idiot who needs, needs babysitters. <laughs> but he has a world. He, he, but he has a worldview they don't like. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think Kelly. So, was very so you're good you're worried. I mean, just to sum up, you're worried that that the generals are going to begin managing the president and the information that he gets. Right. This becomes seven days in May in a in a sense. Now, uh, I saw this when I worked for President Nixon. H.R. Haldeman and John Ehrlichman isolated Nixon uh, to a degree that he never understood the severity of Watergate, uh, and he became uh, unaware and, un and detached from his own government. Cabinet members could not get in, nor could they get a phone call with the President of the United States. Uh, they really, I, and that isolation did not so, serve well, him well, well. what's the happy medium here? It sounds like we've gone from one extreme where everybody's got access and everybody's yakking at Trump and, and he's going every which way uh, to another extreme where all the communications are going to be managed and controlled and he'll be isolated. I mean, what's the in-between? Yeah, and I think you're, you're exactly right. There is an in-between. And the good news is that Donald Trump is not a potted plant. I mean, this is a guy who, like Lyndon Johnson, likes to pick up the phone and call people and ask them what they think. It's going to be very hard for the generals to completely isolate him. In the beginning, with a little more time to read and a little more time to reflect, I think he'll like the change. But hes I've known him 40 years. He's naturally inquisitive. He wants to know firsthand what's happening. And he likes uh, direct contact. That's obvious by the fact that he is on Twitter and he's gone directly to the American people. He's not going to let the media interpret what he has to say. Uh, but it's but the real problem, of course, is that you don't know um, anything about the briefing process. Is the president aware of the super secret FISA court declaration in November that absolutely indisputably proves that the Obama administration surveilled tens of thousands of Americans for political purposes. Mm -hmm. It's not me saying it. It's not 
you. It's not Alex Jones. It's not a conspiracy. It's the U.S. FISA court says this in their finding that they willfully, knowingly, unconstitutionally, and illegally surveilled about 30,000 Americans. But I've and noticed then, that's not being know, investigated, is it? <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? And we know they then, then they used unmasking to abuse that information. So, but does the president know this? We don't know. Well, uh, he's, he knows it now. I mean, well, he knows it if he's talking it. to Roger Stone. Well, he knows it if he's listening to this program. <laughs> but but uh, I, it, it, is, it is just, in, in this case, an example. So, um, the, Well, let's uh, talk about these you investigations, know? you know, how, how these investigations get momentum and they get going. Um, you know, I, I'm not understanding what laws have been broken. Help me understand well, here. The, what that, what are the that, laws that have that been is, broken? That is the irony. Let's be very clear. The whole Russian narrative was invented by John Podesta, the chairman of the uh, Clinton campaign, and the Democratic National Committee with their false claim of being hacked by the Russians to deflect attention from the fact that John and his brother Tony and Bill and Hillary we're making millions off of the clique of oligarchs around Putin. There's the but, Iranian. But isn't people. it but true yes. that the hacker was Guccifer? We do not. We do not know that, and we don't even know who Guccifer is. Guccifer, <laughs> 2.0's software tracks back uh, by licensing to a Democratic National Committee employee. You know, the, just because the intelligence services say over and over again. He's a Russian asset doesn't make it true any more than when they say it about Julian. So Assange. is there any is there any proof that you're aware of that Guccifer wasn't Russian operative? Uh, it is it is unproven, but in my case, uh, immaterial. And here is why. My only communication with him is on the, you know, the private message function of Twitter. And I have made it entirely public. It's benign, but more importantly, it's six weeks after WikiLeaks publishes the documents that I supposedly colluded with him to steal. That is correct. The timeline doesn't make any sense. Right. The so information was well, already public by the time you had it, any communication with Guccifer. Right. Now, he, he has boasted and claimed that he hacked it. He's given hundreds of media interviews. Uh, you know, if you look at my exchange with him, uh, there's no, it has no substance. Well, it's very uh, interesting that in all the hundreds of interviews Guccifer has given and, all, and uh, you know, and, and write-ups that he's done, he hasn't mentioned colluding with you. He hasn't mentioned colluding with the president or anyone in the cabinet, and he would have no reason not to. Well, not only that, but a group of, of former intelligence uh, specialists, including William Benny, put out a report this week saying the evidence is that nothing was hacked, that the information was loaded, loaded to thumb drives oh, and my taken goodness. out that way. Oh, my goodness. Well, we have to take a short intermission, but we'll be right back with more from Roger Stone. Stay with us. You're listening to the Costa Report.
Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-314-7417. 800-314-7417. That's 800-314-7417. I'm Paul George of the Indiana Pacers. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, My days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Women now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. Harvard Medical School has now opened its doors to new female applicants. The first woman is now in space. The majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Yeah, you, it's me, your heart. Listen to me. We've got to talk. High blood pressure is serious, and yours? Whoa, what happened to us? We used to be so much more active. But lately, you've been ignoring me. I know you think I'm just going to keep ticking away forever, but you're wrong. You can do so much more to control your high blood pressure. Doing the minimum isn't doing enough. I'm under a lot of pressure and can quit whenever I want. Bet you didn't know that. But I like my job. Just treat me better. Check on me. Give me something green to nibble on every once in a while. And maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. Let's get to it. After all, we're in this together. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. 
Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is Roger Stone. We've been talking about the Russia investigation, and I keep going back to what is your understanding of what laws have been broken? Uh, look, the, the entire Russian claim is a fairy tale. This is a canard. It's a, it's a democratic talking point. Uh, but And despite the mantra of the so-called intelligence agencies saying that they've seen some evidence of Russian interference or collusion with the Trump campaign, they haven't produced any in Congress or any place else. The New now, York you, Times now, wrote now, on I understand what you're saying, but you've been asked personally to give testimony to the Senate Intelligence Committee regarding the investigation into the administration's alleged collusion with Russia to manipulate the 2016 election results. So what is it exactly they think you know? Uh, I have been uh, contacted by both the House and the Senate Intelligence Committee. I've made it very clear I'd be happy to testify in public. I don't need a subpoena, and I am not requesting immunity. Uh, they make two false allegations that I, uh, that I knew about the content uh, and the hacking of Hillary Clinton's emails by whoever gave them the WikiLeaks. Never said anything of the kind, and it's false. Uh, and they claim that I knew in advance about the hacking of John Podesta's email because I predicted that his shady business deals in Eastern Europe, particularly Russia, would come under scrutiny, which I did. It's mm-hmm. called Oppo Research. These are all public records. So, uh, you know, it is, it's a smear. Uh, I don't know whether they're attacking me because I'm a friend of the president or they're attacking me because I'm known as a partisan and the Republicans, Democrats love to hate. But in this case, there is no collusion. Uh, I don't have any Russian clients. I have never been to Russia. I didn't speak to anybody from the Russian state. I don't eat Russian dressing on my salads, and I stopped drinking <laughs> Russian vodka. Well, now, here's another thing I got, I've got to ask you. You were very insistent that you want to give your testimony to the House and the Senate in public. You said, I want a public forum because I don't, I don't want my words misconstrued, and, and your words have been misconstrued in the past, so you had every right to ask for that. They've denied you that. They want a closed-door session. Have you uh, been given any reason for that? Well, here's what transpired. Um, I would like to testify in public because they demeaned me in public. I was defamed in public. They had no problem saying things about me that were categorically false, that I had worked for the Kremlin or I'd worked with the right. It's just not so. And uh, they counterproposed a closed-door session uh, and uh, in which the transcript would be available at some point later. I was scheduled on the 24th of this month. At the last minute, they canceled. And Michael Caputo, uh, another friend of Donald Trump and aide from the campaign, did testify. The very next day, Congresswoman Spire, who did not attend the hearing, accused him of perjury. But he could not respond or defend himself because they would not give him access or a copy of the transcript. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a kangaroo court. So... I would be willing to testify in private if it's the only way they will agree with the immediate release of the transcript. That way, nobody can misconstrue 
what you said. Nobody can can misstate or twist your words. Now, is that I an agreement that you've struck? Are they going no, to release the it, transcript? No, it, it, because no, my understanding no, is behind closed door session, they don't have to. Uh, that that is not a, an agreement. That is uh, a, that is a discussion between my lawyers and them. I am not scheduled at this time. Yeah, the, I uh, noticed that know, they delayed they delayed your testimony. Do you have any information about that? They they have some uh, look. I think Adam Congressman Adam Bull Schiff, as he's known in the Congress now, has some demented idea that that uh, that Michael Caputo was my link to uh, to uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, and to uh, Julian Assange, and he, of course, fervently believes that Gooseford 2.0 is a Russian agent just because a bunch of intelligence guys keep babbling it with no proof. When, in <laughs> fact, the proof the proof is to the contrary. You can go online and look. Who is well, Gooseford 2.0? You, you know, you know how this goes. You, yeah, you, exactly. you, have been around, you have been around the block so many times, and you have been successful in so many presidential campaigns. You know exactly how this works. You say something over and over and over again with authority, and it becomes the truth. Exactly. And, and I, look, I know people who say, who, who say, well, what about the, you know, and let us take the case of Donnie Jr. In all honesty, he has broken no laws or done nothing improper. Someone he knows urges him to meet with a Russian lawyer because she alleges to have documented proofs of malfeasance by his father's opponent. He hears her out and she has nothing. And well, it was, it was and he even problem. said, I mean, he had even evidence that he had texted his secretary to get him out of the meeting because it was a waste of his time. Uh, so, and so, yeah. so uh, now it doesn't I mean, that was pretty shut and dry, yeah. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter whether there was one person or a hundred people in the meeting. The meeting's not illegal nor improper. Why are we harping about this? Well, By the way, the Russian woman lawyer got into the country with no visa because the FBI let her in. We have photos of her at Hillary Clinton rallies and in John McCain's office. And she's tied now to Fusion GPS. So the thick plotins, as they say. Well, I don't, you know, this whole idea of, this is practically McCarthyism, this whole idea of you were seen talking to somebody at a at a charity fundraiser or somebody's barbecue uh, is just, uh, it, it's guilt by implication. And that's well, not how it, the it, law it, works. The law is a technical instrument. It doesn't work that but, way. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. But I would also say when it comes to the question of motive, this is really simple. Hillary Clinton and the neocons around her were expecting the expansion of the proxy war in Syria. They would like to step up hostility in Syria. Donald Trump would prefer detente. He does not want to go to war in Syria. It's that simple. Uh, he, he has gotten in the way of the plans of those who wanted a no-fly zone, which in my view is an open invitation for a, a world confrontation of nuclear proportions, not where we want to go. So Trump's for peace. He's no illusions about the gulag of Russia or the evil of their system. Yeah, or, but for a, or for a, a fellow, okay, but if I go with what you say, for a fellow that's for peace, he just signed major sanctions against Putin, and Putin has come out publicly and said that they will retaliate. I mean, it looks well, like we're, not, we're, we're going into a full-fledged trade war with Russia. Well, we both understand that he signed them because politically he couldn't afford not to. They were forced on him by the Congress, who by, without any evidence, the whole notion that Boris and Ivan interfered in our election. 
even though there is no evidence of it. But what you know Trump better than you know Trump better or as well as anybody. And you, he doesn't do anything that he, you know, he doesn't get forced into doing things. He wasn't forced no, no, to do was. that. No, you know, he, I, I totally agree, but he also has no connection to the Russians. Well, he, he did it he, under he, prejudice. He, he signed those sanctions and well, said that he thought that they were uh, illegal because they took away his ability to negotiate. Uh, I think he understood that they were symbolic. He also, in all honesty, people say, well, why won't he denounce Putin? I'll tell you why. When you're going to try to negotiate peace with somebody, you don't start the negotiation by kicking them in the crotch. <laughs> it's not the way to, you know, it's not good business. No, no, it is not. And I thought that we had gotten on to a in a good place when Putin and Trump finally met. You know, it was the it was the meeting of two statesmen and it looked like we were in a good place. And then, bam, here come these sanctions. Look, you can't you know, you can't kiss and slap somebody at the same time and expect to have any good outcome in negotiations. I think uh, Putin has proved to be a a fairly patient person. Uh, He's got his own problems, uh, and I don't think he wants war over Syria either. Do do you think Uh, Trump shouldn't have signed those sanctions? (sighs) No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Yes, I think the sanctions were ridiculous because they're based on a false premise. We're punishing them for interfering in the elections when we have no proof. That we haven't proven. That's right. And by the way, we we interfered in their elections when they elected Boris Yeltsin. We spent hundreds of thousands, millions of your tax dollars to invade their election. Well, now hold on to that, dog. Hold on to that, dog. We've got to do a little business here and, and take a small commercial break. But we'll be right back and we'll hear about, well... You know what? Maybe some punishments should have been slapped on the U.S. when we interfered with elections in Russia. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 